Well, what's really stopping you from working to build a better, more human, saner way? Nothing but you. From Death Row, this is Mumia Abu-Jamal. These commentaries are produced by Noel Hanrahan for Prison Radio. You've been listening to Free Speech Radio News. I'm Aura Bogado. I repeat myself when under stress. This is Adrian Blue. Keep listening to WCBN FM right here in Ann Arbor. What are we doing in here? Dan, get off my foot. There are hangers everywhere, Christy. And what's up with these mothballs? This is stifling. I feel like I can't breathe. Yeah, and I can barely move. Forget this, man. Closets Closets are are for clothes. Closets are for clothes is Michigan's premier queer radio show, celebrating 30 years of broadcast excellence. 60 minutes of award-winning gaiety and witty repartee. (laughs) We're here. We're on. Closets are for clothes on WCBN-FM 88.3 Radio Free Ann Arbor. The next hour will be jam-packed with news, reviews, and interviews of interest to the LGBT community, our friends, family, and allies. We are your hosts, Dan Burns and Christy Cardinal. Thanks for joining us. Let's go. And we are going. This is Dan and Meredith and Christy. As I That's right. P- I pointed to Christy as I said Meredith. Sorry about that. <laughs> Nobody else knew. That's right. I know. Exactly. And we are without Greg tonight, and I wish Greg well. He's. Uh, um, I wish Greg finds like over $600 randomly on the street this evening. That's right. Exactly. So everybody should wish for that. You just didn't read his email. You'll, you just, you'll, yeah. When you read his email, you'll understand. Okay, I um, hope that that happens for Greg. <laughs> I thought I read my email. So he just sent it because I just read mine too. Oh. Before. Okay. So yes. Yeah, so we wish you well, and if he's listening, you know, definitely, you know, call in, Greg. So, <laughs> and if you want to contribute to um, closets over clothes, um, but you can definitely call in as well uh, to seven three four seven six three thirty five hundred. And you um, should call. Tell us what you're up to. That's right. Exactly. Tell us why you listen. That's right. Tell us why you think we're sexy. Oh. Wow. That's I would gonna... love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, now Alex is going to be flooded with phone calls. <laughs> <laughs> right. And he's just sitting there. <laughs> so, Meredith, how you been? I've been good. Good. It's Wednesday. I'd like to say Happy New Year to all my favorite... Yeah, Lashana Tova. Thank you. <laughs> exactly. You say that better than I do. Yeah, Very I got good. a phone call from Dan this weekend oh. at like 10.30 <laughs> asking me how you say Lashana Tova and he... He did a pretty good job. My f- my friend likes to say it with a French accent, and I which said, would be said how I'm. You know, I can't recreate it, but it is very French. I think it's because of the lishana that she feels it has to be lishana, 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 tova. Exactly. But it's it's thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. So it's exciting, and also it's it's exciting because New Year's are always exciting, but also. You know, it's coming up on a very serious holiday as well. Yeah, yes. the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, well and that's what's so interesting too is the NGLTF, the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force, uh, just just um, sent out a, a, I guess, an email about uh, basically this uh, with any new year and wishing their members, you know, Happy New Year. Oh, that's um, very nice. You no, know, it really was. And then they th- were talking about how this past year and all the different, um, uh, just as a reflection and and doing kind of an atonement of the NGLTF or the NGL, or of the GLBT community, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and and how how we need to not give up hope and and use a lot of the um, Jewish traditions in 
well, uh, I, in trying right. to say, you know, that there's hope for us and there's a time, there is a way of, of renewal, if you will. And there's a lot of parallels I think you can draw between the experiences of the Jewish community in relation to the experience of the LGBT community. So Can I, can I take a risk on the air, asking you this on the air? Sure. Um, so we have a lot of, and Christy, you can probably definitely put your two cents in because I think you'd have the okay. answer as well. <laughs> is, well, because a lot of times when we compare the um, mm-hmm. TBLG, I'm trying to change that, the TBLG community and compare them to um, the civil... Um, Right. Civil rights. Civil rights. Thank you. I can think of civil war. The civil <laughs> rights. Uh, civil rights uh, during the sixties and seventies, and mm-hmm. their and their plight during that time. And, and there's a lot of like, how dare you compare a community? But mm-hmm. yet, when they compare, same comparisons made with the Jewish community. Mm-hmm. There's no feedback like that. I think there still is feedback. Really? I think that okay. I think that people. I, I think it's le- you hear it less. Yes, I do. Um, but I think what it is, there's still people don't want to. F- don't I think part of it is people don't want to feel that their experiences are being lessened in any way by making a comparison okay. to another group's you know experiences that, um, but I think that that's unfortunate in some ways because while they are different in a lot of ways and while the experiences and the pain and the history and its impact on communities have clearly been felt in very different ways. Um, I think at the end of the day, if you're trying to understand why these things happen, Mm -hmm. it's very helpful to be able to make comparisons and say, and look at things through a variety of lenses and look historically at why things happened right. to help us understand how to not let things happen again. Um, and but when yet things are still happening again. I know. Even within a 10-year mm-hmm. period, because people I have don't seen wanna, us doing it again yeah. and again and again. And I think that's kind of what happened with Proposal 2 is we still haven't learned our lesson yet. Well, you know, you know? somebody had said to me the other day, you know, trying to figure out why conservative religious right organizations had been so successful. Why is it that they've been able to make the strides that they've made, even in a setting in which, you know, even though it seems as though everybody is very conservative, that's not necessarily the truth behind what's really going on in our country. It's that they're just a lot more vocal than we are. Right. And people are asking the question, why? I mean, what is it that has helped them really become a powerhouse in a way that's not you know, that they don't really necessarily, quote unquote, have the power. They just act as though they do. Um, Interesting. Because you're right, because there's only 30% of them. Right. But Mm -hmm. why is it that 30% of them have created, you know, this minority, so to speak, has been able to parlay their influence into the power that a majority most often holds? And I think there's a lot of reasons. I think that, you know, we don't, we tend to be very touchy feely and try and understand each other's feelings, which is important. I don't want to take that away from our community, but at some point we also have to say to ourselves, but we need to win this fight. Like we need to be, we need to be on the battlefield. We can't be worrying about whether or not we're comfortable saying this or saying that. Sometimes we have to just go out and say it and not worry about offending people and understand that, you know, we're not always going to do it perfectly. We're not always going to, always be inclusive in the way that we need to be doesn't mean we shouldn't keep trying to be but we shouldn't let that stop us from moving forward from that i think there's a level of fear that we have about not wanting to offend anybody and not wanting to hurt someone's feelings or not wanting to seem too radical and i think you know what they're radical i mean think about some of the things that you've heard them say absolutely they're radical i mean you know they're totally radical radical in a way that i can't even fathom right you know that that I just you know, it's pretty radical. In some, see, radical to me, and I don't want it to apply it to the groups like that because, it, it, to me, radical is a positive thing. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're not radical in the way that I define it. It, it, but however, it is radical to convince people. To hate other people. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's pretty Especially radical. Especially like, coming from their Christian beliefs, which right. do not... I mean, right. if you read the Bible, if you know anything about Jesus, you know that he wasn't... This is not... He would not be okay with this. No, he right. would be, he'd be standing with us. Going, right. What the heck? Right. What the he- right. And so... Yes, exactly. Yeah. Which is leads us right into next week, which is National Coming Out Week, and we're going to be talking about mm-hmm. later on this show about right, what's, what's going, going on. on. At least in Eastern. Yep. And we'll hopefully maybe mention a few other places, too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. For sure. How are you, Dan? Yeah. Well, I'm kind of in a little bit of a quandary here. Uh-oh. 
<laughs> exactly. I feel like I'm, we say that a lot. I know. Uh oh. Exactly. Is this I, about a poster? No. Okay. It's about um, when I moved. Let's see, two moves ago, some friends of mine. <laughs> uh, exactly. I try to keep up with all my moves. Um, two moves ago, friends of mine. I, I finally got, got like a porch. I just wasn't renting out just a room. I actually also had a porch and things. Mm-hmm. And they surprised me and decorated the porch with these uh, rainbow crystals. And um, they're plastic and things. And so you just kind of hang. They're like they look like big screws, basically. Um, Not and, how appropriate. Yeah, hello, exactly. <laughs> and, um, and they are lovely. There's that creepy picture again. And a beer and give breakfast right <laughs> I'm sorry. I've turned it so you can't see. And, um, and so what happens, and so, and I had, and, and so I've had them or whatever, so I took them into this next place that I've, they've moved to. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to find a creative place to put them, and it's someplace I want to put outside. So I put them on my back porch that I have, and and I thought, wow, this would be really kind of nice. It's in the back of the house. There's nobody really behind me. There's some woods back there, um, and I have just basically two neighbors that are very quiet, and I don't really have to worry about you know running into them as much or what's going on with them. And um, it's kind of like the rest of the community doesn't really see what goes on in the back porch. Right. And I thought, well, you know, to have these kind of swinging or whatever out in the back, uh, on the porch, I put them on the back porch. Well, they're hard to kind of connect and try, not connect, but, um, uh, hang, if you will. And, and so when the, a big wind comes through or a slight little gust, it kind of, un, they unravel or whatever, and then they fall to the ground. Mm-hmm. So periodically I've been going out and kind of picking them up and trying to hook them up again or try something different or whatever. Well, this past Sunday, I had some friends over to play some cards on the back porch. And I noticed they're gone. Uh They're totally missing. And I'm like, wow, I don't know how to take this. I'm like, well, and so I started looking around, Mm -hmm. trying to find them, looking around the porch, see if they blew away, blew into the... Into the, the woods behind me or something, nothing. Yeah, but it seems like they would be too heavy to well, do that. Well, they are. <laughs> that's the, that's the, that, I was trying to give the benefit of the doubt. So right. then suddenly my neighbor's dog um, got loose. And she and so the dog came running over like, oh, new people, haha, ha, you know, like go over and sniff right. them and things. And um, her grandson came running over saying, you know, get, you know, trying to get the dog and things like, oh, hi, like this or whatever. And I'm like, hi, how you doing? I introduced myself. And I asked him, so mm-hmm. by the way, have you seen any like different colored crystals? And he looks at me kind of strange. I says they're like kind of long. They look like a kind of a ribbon that's kind of spinning. Um, and he goes, are they plastic? And I said, yes, that's exactly what they are. He goes, no. But I'll ask- <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You don't have to be, you know, Columbo to figure uh, out what happened next. Exactly. Huh? And I was just like, wow. And I said, well, and he goes, well, I'll go ask my grandmother. And I was like, okay, go right ahead. Now, this is a teenager. So he didn't even like. How old is he? What'd you say? Uh, well, this this is, he's a teenager. So okay. I'm, I'm guessing maybe 13, 14. Okay. But they're gone, and they're missing, and I'm like, and and I this haven't had funny. a yeah. I said, yeah. well, if you when you ask your grandmother if, if she finds them, because she just put them on my porch, and I'll give them later. Uh, and sure enough, they have not shown up yet. Interesting. And I haven't been home early mm-hmm. enough to be able to kind of you know go over, and knock on the door, and say, hey, you know, do we need to talk about something here? Because my fear is that they've been blowing onto her yard, and she's throwing them back on my yard, and she's sick and tired of them lying. So she's just mm-hmm. she just grabbed them, picked them up, and was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold on to these until he comes and talks to me about them. Right. That would be fine. It's kind of a little hostile, but I'm like, all right, well, that's maybe what's going on. But still, you know, to, right. to kidnap them or to take them. Do you think maybe he took them just to Well, take I'm them? wondering. I mean, that they're in the back porch. So there's no one could see them. And um, so I'm kind of like, this is really weird. So I'm kind of. You're not home enough to know if kids no, come in and out of the backyard. No, no, I'm not. And, and that's, the, that's the one thing of why I'm looking forward to a roommate moving in is. Um, mm-hmm. Seeing. Yeah. They're, having they're, an extra they're, set of they, work the day, they work the evening shift. So they're there during the day. Mm-hmm. So. So interesting. It's weird. Yeah. So it's just kind of a, it's a very weird situation. So I'm kind of that's the quandary I'm in. I'm kind of like, did they steal them? Is this a hate crime? Is this a 
You know, it's just, just a, a, a obnoxious neighbor thing. Right. Did some little kid say, oh, these are pretty. I'm going to take them home right. and decorate my playhouse. Exactly. <laughs> right. Which boy would he be interested in? That would be an interesting <laughs> right. situation. But so I'm kind of like stuck here. And so I won't know anything until next weekend but, or until this coming weekend because I'll be home and I can go over during the day and, you know, knock on the door and say, right, hey, right. do we need to talk about something? Um, and they're not like that's the, a tricky situation too because you don't want to accuse someone of something that no. they didn't. Well, right. I'm just gonna say, hey, have you seen these? Mm-hmm. And if they say no, there's nothing I can do. Right. But obviously, somebody's taken up, and somebody thinks, they, and they kind of know what they look like. They're plastic, hmm. right? And so you might want to just be, well, if you do see them, kind of, could you see what happens? I think you just also let them know, like, even though you may not have spoken to other. Mm-hmm. neighbors just say you know i've let other neighbors know that if they find them they'll just leave them on the porch that way like right. she can you know in her head think oh he'll never know that it was me right exactly. you'll know right exactly so i'm just kind of like okay this is kind of cool so but how are you christy because we're kind of yeah. running yeah i'm good i'm good you know i got this weird phone call today it, part of the thing of being on unemployment is that you have to Put your resume on the Michigan Talent Bank, which is the statewide through Michigan Works. Re- am I sorry. boring you? No, Good sorry. morning. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, sorry. So my resume is on there, and I don't really put too much. Uh, you know, right. stead. it was the bare minimum of the right, and it's I don't really put too much stead, and like nobody's gonna find my resume and give me a job based on this. Re- you know what I'm saying? Or at least like, maybe not a job you'd want. Right, right, and I'm not. You know, I don't. I ch- I am required also to update my resume. You know, there's all these rules and hoops right. they make you jump through. Well, anyway, I was just on there today, strangely, updating my resume, and I noticed that my resume has been hit as a you know like somebody doing a search mm-hmm. like 50 times, and three people have actually downloaded it and reviewed it and whatever. And I was like, well, that's interesting. I wonder why you know none yeah. of them have made any contact or whatever. Mm-hmm. About a half an hour later, I'm not even kidding, half an hour later, my phone rings. And my my nephew answered the phone, and of course, he's... <laughs> Hello, Cleveland! Right, exactly. <laughs> he, like, demanded, to, he raced me to the telephone. I want to answer it! And he picked, you know, he picks up the phone. Hello? You know what <laughs> I don't even know what he did. But anyway, he answers it, and he doesn't understand, apparently, the person, and... He's like, who is this? Oh, no. <laughs> well, he and then the guy keeps talking, and Cody just hands me the phone. Like, okay. doesn't say, just a moment, please. Doesn't oh. say, just hands me the phone. So I'm like, hello? You know, I yeah. try to, like, do whatever save I can. Exactly. I think you just turned into an actual parent in that moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's entirely possible. Uh, I'm either, you know, I, that's a, the best thing that you've called me. La- the last time you called me something, it was Kelly, Kelly Ripa. Ripa, yeah. So I'll take an actual parent any day <laughs> over Kelly Ripa, um, who is painfully thin by the way yeah she is oh yeah she's uh, kind of hard to look at she looks like yes. a lollipop mm-hmm. yeah anyway so um, <laughs> i just watched the the emerald thing his 1500th episode and there was a shot of her doing the bam oh okay. and i was frightened by the anyway anyway sorry sorry i'm totally digressing so i get on the phone and it turns out it's this guy who works at the ramada inn in southfield Oh. Which that's fine, yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a good well, job. he just has started a new nonprofit called Village of Hope, oh. and he wants me to come talk to him about running it. Oh wow. wow! But I don't have a good feeling about it. <laughs> <laughs> like you're looking to go to a more stable environment. Well, no, I would be happy to jump right into a startup nonprofit. It's just. Well, first of all, he wouldn't tell me his last name. Okay, that's oh, weird. Oh, that is weird. I mean, he was, he did, he did have an accent, so maybe he was worried I wouldn't be able to say it or spell right. it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but anybody can look at my resume like I'm interested in multicultural issues, like at least I would make an effort. Right. And no, in his... And he's like, so just come to the Ramada Inn and ask <laughs> to speak with me. <laughs> he thought, um... And I was like, you know... I don't know about this. Yeah, this is interesting. I did a little, it's a little suspicious. It is a little suspicious. Especially saying come to the Ramada Inn, even though he may work there. Right. There's still an element of like... Well, and do I want to... What, a non-profit that's being run out of a hotel? 
Well, but he may be taking the profits of the Ramada of the Ramada Inn to to he may be for like a tax credit or tax write off. Or is exactly. he exactly? It's a manager. Thing because if he's just managing it, then yeah, then we're in trouble. Then you're right. right. Then you need to. I don't think he's the owner. Are we boring you? Excuse me. <laughs> no, it was power There's suggestion. Something about All right, rule right here. You both need a nap before you come to. The Apparently, closet. I need to take a nap before <laughs> I come to the show. So I did tell him I would go, but. I'm well, you know what? You can go, kind of find out more about it. Just don't and go into anything. a room with him. Like, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's the thing. Like, how do I avoid that? I think you just say I would be much more comfortable if we. Why just would you not go in a room with him? I don't understand. Why wouldn't I go into a hotel room with him? Oh, hotel room. Oh, I thought you meant like his office. I wouldn't even. I don't even want to go into I'm any room sure where the, the door closes. Yeah, I'm not sure. Okay. I would just feel really I uncomfortable. I don't think that I would be comfortable. It's totally because you. I think it's like a woman thing that you just, it would just make me really uncomfortable. Some person mm-hmm. I've never met before who randomly called me and said, come meet me here. Gotcha. I'm, I'm, and doesn't know? give you his last name. Yeah. Gotcha. I don't know a okay. lot about him. Like, right. who, I mean, anybody could tell you. Gotcha. I mean, it's all the way. It's what is it? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh. Give it up. Well, give well it come up. on in come here, on Sarah. In. This is Sarah. This is Sarah, our engineer. And, One of our um, engineers. She has some information. Hi. Well, I do have some information. I don't know if Alex had me just like yelling well. <laughs> um, for Black Box Radio, we were trying to interview these folks at the Ramada Inn because apparently they had over 200 um, refugees from the Haitian from yes. the Gulf area and they're trying to start up something more permanent for them. Yes. Oh. That's what he was talking about. Oh, well then it seems like maybe that's and a little been more contacting them and they seem like okay folks. <laughs> there you go. There you go. See? See? You okay. Just, you just missed your future employer. Right. No, I didn't miss <laughs> him. I just I mean, I'll tell him when I talk to him. Seriously, this was creepy. <laughs> I don't have a problem telling somebody that. But I think that's good knowledge. Thank you for the Thanks, information. Sarah. Yeah, he did mention stuff. He's like, we have some um, some folks from the Gulf area staying at this Ramada Inn where actually we've started this nonprofit trying to help them, and we hope to spur it into something more global. Interesting. Gotcha. Is what he, so if you're aggressive and, you know, really outgoing and a go-getter, we'd love to talk to you about running this for us. Oh, that's great. And I was, you know... I still don't know if I'm, even though I know this information from Sarah, I okay. still don't know if I'm comfortable with it. It's still a little, it's still a little weird. It's a little skeevy, yeah, isn't it's it? It's a little. A little bit. So I needed to maybe talk to my partner a little bit about it, who is the most paranoid, cynical person ever. <laughs> like, oh, so she's the perfect person to yeah, talk to. Yeah, probably not the person you want to talk to either, Well, no, she'll, like, hmm. she'll think of things about it that I won't have. Oh, okay. Like, I'm, I am shocked that I'm this incredulous about the whole thing oh, okay. like usually i'm like sure that's a great idea <laughs> absolutely let's hold hands why don't i invite you to my house <laughs> you know like you can so, sleep over that's yeah. right then the other thing really quickly that i just have to say i get the mail i got the mail on my way here for, you know pulling out of my driveway i grab the mail and you know my partner's a nurse by training though not by trade although she does do healthcare stuff she just doesn't do like nursing. We get an obscene amount of mail recruiting her to be a nurse. Oh yeah, yeah. because yeah. there's a nursing shortage, right? right? Exactly. So a huge one. Huge nursing shortage, even in this area. With yep. you know, yep. and nurses in this area are actually better compensated than nurses in almost any other. I mean, we have very high paid nurses in the Ann Arbor area, um, and we get at least a piece of mail a day mm-hmm. telling her. You know, $10,000 sign-on bonus. And like, wow. She's like a baseball just, player. Yeah, she totally is. She's totally recruited. And you know where they, they get their their mailing list from? Because I said, like, how do these people know that you live at this address? Yeah. You haven't been in nursing school for, like, 10 years. Right. Does she how have do a they loan? Know? No. Is it's her because license? her license. She has to register with the state of Michigan, and they have no qualms about selling. Yeah, they're like, dude, what do you? How much are you going to give right. me? Yeah. Sure, we'll take your money for these this list of wow. You know, names. See, that would irritate me. It drives me crazy. Oh yeah, it drives. It's a waste of paper. Mm-hmm. I mean, she has no interest in any of this. Right. None. Right. Right. No interest in in pursuing this yeah. at all. But we get, I mean, an obscene amount of mail for it. Right. It, it, and I don't just mean postcards, like. Full-on pamphlets, full, like magazine catalog-sized 
Wow. Look at our business. Look at our hospital and look at our benefits. And don't you want to work for us? We'll train you to do all of these things. See, wow. now that's what this fascinates me is that, okay, so they can pay for these, these fancy little catalogs, yeah. all this recruiting, all this, you know, pay their, their nurses such high salaries, but yet they're going to be turning away people, you know, because they, you know, because they, they haven't paid their bill lately. Right. right. Well, why don't they take the money they're spending on this recruitment of, of, ac- of nurses who like pretty much already have jobs right? and spur that into like a scholarship fund for people who don't, who yeah. want to go to nursing school, but yeah. don't, that can't, can't afford pay it. for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make it a scholarship fund for right. them. And then, you know, then you can do like what the government does. They'll forgive your student loans or whatever. If you work for them for two years, you yep. have to, you have to work, you know, it's yep. totally legit and done all over the country. Right. Do that for nurses too. Spend your money better. Cause you know, my partner's not coming to work for you. Right. Right. They already did their time in the hospital. Right. She's yep. done with that stuff. Yeah. And, and so it's just, anyway, it's really, it bugs me. Yeah. Another thing about mail I did want to say, and this kind of, we can, you know, get back to queer stuff, <laughs> is that, I'm sorry, I don't talk to grownups very often. <laughs> you have to forgive me. <laughs> that I got my, you know, Real Pride Festival magazine thing in the mail. Yep. And I just want to say rock on to Triangle Foundation for not, like, putting it in a plain brown closet and mailing it, you know? Right. Like, mm-hmm. I understand some organizations send you that stuff because they don't know who all they're sending to. And, you know, right. tr- I distinctly remember when I got on Triangle's mailing list, like, there's a box you can check. Right. Aha. Uh-huh. Do you care if your mail comes to you? Because some people, open. it's a really big deal. Right. It is a huge deal. I could imagine right. if I live, lived in, like, Holt, Michigan. Right. right. I wouldn't want the postmaster, who also is on my bowling team, Right. You know, to necessarily know if I if I'm not right. comfortable telling that person. Right. But you know, I'm or a even big as innocently as that your son or daughter right. is, or you have a nephew. Right. So you're just there to right. support that particular relative. Right. Right. And you know, I'm a big gay wad that lives in Ann Arbor, so I don't <laughs> care about all those things. And I was really pleased to get because you know I get my lesbian connection that comes. It came yesterday, and it comes in a Manila envelope, and I get my information from the HRC, which also comes in a white envelope. And I'm just tired of it. You know, what? A, come on. You know what doesn't come in a white envelope? Out what? Magazine's bills. When they try to get you back as a customer. Oh, right really? Right on there it just says, out. Wow. I mean, and I, I'm the same way. I don't, I mean, whatever. I don't care what right, right. the postman says or thinks about me. Yes. Right, whatever. But, like, I'm just intrigued that out is huh. just like, Hi. But yet, if you get the magazine... It doesn't. If you get the magazine, it comes in some weird plastic covering like, thing that half the time when I was getting it, I threw out because I was like, I don't know what this is. Right. It took me forever to figure out it was out. Oh, right. wow. Because so I'm just half your, uh, a little bit slow. Wow. Well, I'm just... Yeah. So, I wanted to just say rock on to Triangle for doing yeah. that. And I think that... And it looks great. I it does. It's a mine. gorgeous, very well done... Catalog. catalog. Yes. It's go- it's very lovely. Yeah, and it sounds like um, it looks like there's a lot of really neat things inside it too. So, mm-hmm. um, so it looks like it's it a- is. And this fabulous picture of the cover of the Main Art Theater in Royal Oak yep. is very nice. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's where I saw Star Wars. Dun, dun, dun. The that's where I one. saw. That's where I saw the Blair Witch Project. Oh, I've seen yeah. nothing in that theater. Oh, well, we're gonna have to change that. Yeah, you can go to Real Pride. I think Greg is gonna get y'all some tickets. I think so. I, I won't know. be in town, so right. I won't be able to go. Right. I'm jealous of the fact that if you guys get to go, because it looks amazing. Yes. Although there are a lot more pit movies with pretty boys in it than hot women, but. True. True. We need to kind of work on that. Definitely. That's for sure. But there are a lot of also activities that are happening next week also for Out, uh, Out Week at Eastern Michigan University. Yeah, that's right. And there are indeed. Up. You have that in front of you. Yes. It's a it's a lot it's a of lot. stuff and a whole variety yep. of things. You I should think check the, out the LGBTRC's webpage for a better listing of right. more descriptions so of terms of what's what going What is on. it? Um, the Kinsey Six. Which is awesome. Pre-party kiosk painting. Yes. Um, happens Sunday, October 9th at 1 o'clock. Um, I have a Bobo microphone stand, sorry. <laughs> but then the own. concert begins at 7 to 9 in Pease Auditorium. Student tickets are $5. Cool. Um, the uh, next no prices. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, then the next day is um, a on Monday from 7 to 9 p.m. in Guild Hall in McKinney Union. 
Um, Jeff Montgomery, the executive director of Triangle Foundation, will be doing a talk entitled, Where Do We Go From Here? Which I think is a good idea. I mean, where, mm-hmm, where do we absolutely. go from here? Mm-hmm. Um, Rainbow Ribbon Drive um, happens also on Monday from 9 to 5 p.m. in Prey Herald. Now, does it say anything about like what they're doing for the Rainbow Ribbon Drive? It doesn't say. It just says, grab a ribbon, show your pride. But then it also offers you the um, opportunity to volunteer. Okay. So you can contact the LGBTRC if you're interested in doing that. Um, coming out to a safe and inclusive campus panel is happening on m- m- that Monday as well from 12 to 1.30 in the alumni room at McKinney Union. And do they have a list of uh, folks that are, that are going to be on that panel? Because there's a couple of people that are high up in Eastern Michigan that are going to be on that panel. It does not say and that. And I think that's here. really... They gotta, do you know who they are? Um, I don't know if, I'm, if there's a reason why they haven't... Um, no, there is, because that was done before they had names and stuff ready. Oh. And that's, yeah. Okay. okay. Well, I, I, I just definitely definitely attend the meeting or de- to attend the the um, but there's a there's a dean that's going to be that's um, excellent on the panel. So I think that it's um it's that's it's, very exciting. Yes, exactly. Um, then on Tuesday, October 11th, from 7 to 9 p.m., um, there is a discussion called "Everyone Has a Closet," which is facilitated by Jennifer Anderson a youth specialist supervisor at Ozone House. <laughs> so that's what's going on. I'm sorry. That's just kind of funny because uh, someone else who's helping to coordinate that is on the committee. Mm-hmm. I was t- talking to them about possibly coming onto the show and talking about different things. And they were, and I said, oh, yeah, you need to come onto the, to the show. And they said, oh, yeah. Um, so um, is that is that the show that's named Everyone Has a Closet? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, yeah. it's closets are for clothes. Like this. And she was like, oh, okay. Like this. So that is very funny. funny. So she at least, people know us by the closet, that's for sure. That's, so. that's good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, then there's a safety workshop in conjunction with Domestic Violence Awareness Month, which will we will which we will be talking about in a little bit, um, in the Multicultural Lounge in King Hall on Wednesday, October 12th from 6 to 7.30. There is a film screening also in conjunction with Domestic Violence Awareness Month. But they don't say what film 8 it to is. 10. No, it doesn't. Which is All it interesting. says is abuse happens in all types of relationships. Talk back to follow. Hmm. Um, then there's HIV testing and counseling sponsored by... <laughs> oh, sorry. Did I just knock it out? Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. It. I'm sorry. That is so I funny. I was that. like, uh oh. <laughs> no, Meredith sorry. does not have this memorized. She it wouldn't is, it be awesome if I did that. It would be I so would have been really cool impressed. That's if you for had sure. It memorized. Um, and that's Thursday from 1 to 4 p.m. at 3.30 Snow Health Center. And the and um, it's anonymous and on a walk-in basis. And then the LGBTRC is having their open house and reception on Thursday, October 13th from 3 to 6 p.m. Um, in their, it says the LGBTRC and King Hall Multicultural Lounge because I assume it's going to spill out from their offices. Right. Their all... offices aren't that big. Right, right, right. right. Um, but that's a nice way to for you to meet new people, meet some of the LGBTRC staff, and there's and other community food, members. Play some games, listen to music. Yes. <laughs> what could be more fun? Woohoo! Um, there's also a queer movie night on Thursday night from 6.30 to 8.30 at Hale Library Auditorium, um, and they are showing Jim in Bold. And at first, when I read that on there, I thought, Jim and Bold? It doesn't say Jim and Bold anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm is just it, a little sudden. So. It's the Halley Library, right? Oh, Halley. What'd you call it? What did Hale. I, oh, Hale. Hale Library? No, it's <laughs> not <laughs> Halley Library. Yes. Yeah, sorry. It's the sorry. Halley Library. Well, yes. it's okay. I just didn't want people to be wandering around campus. <laughs> like, where's, where's the, the Hale, Hale Library? library? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, and then finally, one of our favorite groups, Lazy Sunday. Woohoo! With opening act Jess Klein. Who's also awesome, by the way. Oh. Friday, October 14th from 7 to 10 p.m. in the Roosevelt Auditorium. Um, so, yeah, those wow. are those are all the things that and, are going on. And how would they be able to get that information, Meredith? For more information about these events, please call 734-487-4149 or stop by the LGBTRC office at 234 King Hall or... You can visit them online. At, really? Yes. At www.emich.edu 
backslash LGBTRC. Fantastic. So definitely right check on. out their events that are going on um, on campus and because uh, they've got a lot going on They next sure week. do. And that's all very fun, cool things oh, that are yeah, happening. Exactly. There's a little bit of everything for there, everyone. There really is. Right. There really is. Right. Mm. And keep checking out their website because it's going to be yeah. new soon. Yep. It looks like, yeah. I'm, ch- I'm trying to see if they have any more information about what they're showing, but they don't have anything about what their film screening is. I would guess that the... I'm sorry. Good morning. Goodness. Hi. Welcome. Uh, Exactly. You'd think we were on at 4.30 in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) I would think this was morning drive and we just woke up. I would guess that the film they're showing... um, the film screening in conjunction with domestic violence awareness <laughs> <laughs> is my girlfriend did it, which is a documentary about oh. lesbian battering. Ah, okay. At first, I thought you were just saying again. I that my really girlfriend slow. did the yeah. microphone thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Christy is bailing this uh, microphone that seems to uh, just want to fold up. It and does. It wants to close. Exactly. So it's very interesting. I just have to keep following it around as it bounces around the room. Exactly. Sounds like fun. So one of the events that's ongoing on next week at the um, um, e- at, on Eastern Michigan University's campus is basically uh, dealing with uh, with battering and domestic violence and um, basically they were talking about the um, safety workshop um, in conjunction with uh, domestic violence in uh, with the with the lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender community. And so one of the things that being on this show is, and one of the things that um, is so valuable about um, having um, the variety of co-hosts that we have on Closets Upper Clothes um, on WCBN 88.3 FM Ann Arbor. Check you out. Hey, hey. Um, is, uh, is that we have Christy Cardinal, who is our local expert, on, um, and uh, well, basically, and also our our show's resource person for um, on domestic violence, and um, and so being that this is um, this month is Domestic Violence Awareness Month uh, nationally, that I thought this would be something I think we should definitely talk about because one of the things in the literature I was reading is that we don't talk about it in right. our community and it's something that would be don't. really important to do so. So if people will kind of bear with us as we kind of like talk to have Christy as our guest. Yay! Welcome welcome to our show, Christy. I'm so glad to be here. It's Thanks so for having nice me. to have you. It's Thank nice you. to have new blood in the studios with Thanks, us. I appreciate it. I'm really excited to be here. So it's there's lots time. of myths that are out there. and I guess one of the things I well, wanted to... Before you do okay. that, I just want to I want to say um, a couple of things about okay. language and that you lead me into it with the talking about myths. You know, there's a lot of ways to talk about domestic violence and sometimes you'll hear people say relationship violence or violent relationship or... Um, you know, I can't even think of some of the terms that were used in the about the safety workshop. But when we use language like that, it's actually, in my opinion, I think it's it's one of the reasons that um, sort of perpetuates violence from violence happening because we're not holding people accountable. Mm-hmm. When we say relationship violence, that implies that it's just something that happens. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Not that one person is perpetrating that at those acts of violence against another. Mm-hmm. You know, a relationship is not something that is capable of being violent. A relationship is something that just is. People are violent. So, so it's kind of like saying it's not. So okay, let me. I'm going to challenge you a little. Okay. Bit. So it's just kind of like saying with the NR, the National Rifle Association, it's it's not that people c- kill the no. people kill. It's the rifle that kills. No, no, it's a totally different thing. It's a totally different thing because actually, um, the the issue is not that it, it it's the opposite. In fact, we want to put the responsibility with the people. Gotcha. We want to say okay. Yes, there's domestic violence happening in this relationship. That's a fine thing to say. But probably what's more accurate is to say that this partner is perpetrating violence against this partner. That that's a more accurate way to say it. To be very clear and to be holding that person accountable. We have this whole, um, you know, we need to say that, that the domestic violence movement, the movement to end violence against women and girls, while inclusive of the queer community by... You know, in all of my experience, it is um, not entirely and all across the board, but it does come from a feminist place. And um, 
you know, there's a lot of when it started to become a legitimate movement instead of just a grassroots, like let's band together and find safe places for women who are being battered to go. When there was actually money to be gotten, a lot of the language got watered down because who has money? Right. Men. Right. And so you don't want to blame men. Right. No, no, no. We don't want to blame them. Right. So let's call it domestic violence instead of wife beating. Because wife beating very clearly says who's doing the, uh, the husband That's must right. be doing the beating. Right. That's right. right. And this is not to say that all men are batters, you know, or rapists at all. The vast majority of men are not. Right. Overwhelmingly, they're not. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just that the majority of people who are badgers and rapists are men and we need to be very honest and we need to say that so when i when i like to very much make sure that i'm holding the people who are perpetrating the violence accountable when i talk the other thing about language um is that when we talk about myths about domestic violence or about sexual violence or whatever that sometimes that's all people remember Mm-hmm. Like we, when we vocalize it, we give it power, right? Gotcha. So if we say the myth is that, well, let's not talk about it because I have something else that we're we going to talk right. about actually. So what I would prefer to do is that we talk about these all these myths that you have uh-huh. on this sheet, and I'm not criticizing nope, what, nope, what you I'm, did at all. We're doing fine, but we can talk about the truths instead okay. of the myths because that's more important. And if people are going to hear this and walk away with anything, that's what I want them to hear. So one of the things, I mean, one of the things, could we talk about, like, for instance, the various types of, um, uh, well, then let's talk about a little bit about language then. Because okay. one of the things that, and sorry, Meredith, I didn't prepare you for this part, is that one of the things <laughs> that I did um, download that I didn't give to any of you, um, <gasps> yes, exactly, in preparing for this segment, is one of the things is the different types of couples. And so, like, and, and how, and, and maybe if you could speak to it a little bit, for instance, like, common couple vi- violence. And the way they de- define it on this particular website is within the context of a single of a single issue. There is one, or at least... <laughs> Um, uh, at most two incidents of violence and, and not be used as part of a pattern of behavior or control in the partner. So common couple violence. What is, so let's talk about that a little bit. So what, what kind of violence is acceptable? None. No violence is acceptable. That's, that's, let me say that right off the bat. Mm -hmm. I think that what's going on in our culture though, is that we've somehow, there's what, there's what I like to call and what I've heard other people called like the Jerry Springer phenomenon where and this is what people use to justify to say women are just as violent as men because you watch Jerry Springer oh, and just yeah. as many women are right. throwing chairs as men at their boyfriends, girlfriends, wives, husbands, whatever. Um, and I think that there are some people who choose to use violence to resolve problems that get in an argument and it escalates to actual physical violence. I think, though, however, I think that anytime we use violence, our goal is to control the behavior of another person, right? If somebody is screaming in our face and we push them away, our goal is to get them out of our face. We want to control their behavior. Mm-hmm. Now, the the difference is, is that I can, like, I can do that one time. I can say um, to my partner who, when we're having an argument, I can push her away and to just to get out of the room or whatever. And that isolated incident does not mean that I am perpetrating domestic violence. It does mean that I did something wrong and that I shouldn't have done that. If, if I had done that one isolated incident, but at the same time I was, you know, checking up on her day and night, I was not letting her have any access to the family finances, and making her bag ask bag for money or even steal money from me, making her sign over her paycheck to me. Um, if I was constantly calling her names and putting her down, if I was, um, you know, doing things like that, that no one would ever look at and say, well, that's violent. And I pushed her. Right. That's domestic violence, right? right? It's not just the act of violence that makes it partner abuse. Right. Or uh, interpersonal violence or sexist violence or gender-based violence, whatever you want to call it. It's not just the act of violence. There's this whole host of other activities that are going on in the relationship that are exerting power and control over someone. And it, those are the things that we need to think about when somebody comes to us and says, you know, my partner is hitting me or my partner hit me last night. You know, our gut response is always going to be to say, well, leave. Right. Well, she hasn't had access to money in so in however long 
she doesn't know even if you know the car is going to make it because she doesn't know anything about the repair or maintenance of the car um you know he's he or she has told this person um a million times if you leave me i will kill you right mm-hmm. i mean all of these things are kind of there and we get caught up in the well just leave Right. But it's easier said than done right. in that specific situation. So I, I hope that that answers your question. Like, it's always wrong. But sometimes it's just it's actually just an isolated incident. And it's still wrong. Right. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that there's it's a whole... domestic violence. It's instantly, automatically, that's the case. So what about, like, intimate terrorism? Is this a defines it as one tactic and a uh, general pattern of control and manipulation? Violence may be used, but not necessarily... Well, I think the best batterers don't ever use violence at all. Mm. That they don't have to. Either they don't have to or they did it once and it was enough. Right? They've, they, it is terrorism. I very much believe that it's mm-hmm. terrorism. Um, a, a batter is a terrorist and they perpetrate the terrorism against the person that they're, that's closest to them or the people because it could be their kids as well. Um, it is very much about that. It's manipulative. It, there's a lot of brainwashing and gaslighting stuff that happens. What do you um, mean by gaslighting? Um, crazy making oh, behavior. Okay, got it. Um, and in fact, there have been, um, studies done comparing people who've been held hostage mm-hmm. to women who've been in abusive, have, have had abusive partners and they, um, have the similar syndrome called Stockholm syndrome where not all, because there's no universal with with women who've been battered by a partner, with people who've been battered by a partner. There is absolutely no universal thing. But there are some similarities between the way that folks who've been held hostage by actual, you know, in a mask terrorists, the ones that we all believe to be terrorists, mm-hmm. and the ones that are um, in relationships with violent men or violent partners. That they're very similar. They have a, like, for example, a... Um, an identification with their the perpetrator that is very strong because um, the perpetrators always know when to be when to be mean, when to be angry, when to be violent if necessary, but also when to be kind and when to be generous and those sorts of things. You know when you're thinking about a relationship in aggregate, whether you that relationship with a, with with a violent partner or not that there are good times and bad times, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's easy that identification gets really strong and that, you know, humans are interesting. We always have hope always. And no matter, I've never ever met someone who's been battered by a partner who didn't have some level of hope. Like, you know, he's going to change or she said she's going to do differently and they believe it for a long time. There's just something that eventually happens that they may not, they still have that hope, but they realize, okay, this person can't, I can't be with this person right now. You know, what they're hopeful for is that when it's good, they want that all the time. Right. You know? Um, right. And so it is absolutely intimate terrorism and that's way different than the isolated incident. Right. Kind of deal. So there's two other things of what's the difference between violent resistance, which is what, how they define it here is where one partner becomes controlling or, or frightening. Um, uh, with the, with the other partner may respond with violence and self-defense mm-hmm. versus mutual violent control where, um, this kind of violence may be what is thought of as mutual combat. Well, mutual combat is BS. There can never be, like, if in a, re- in a relationship where one partner is exercising control over another and doing that through violence, it can't be a two-way street. The very definition of it means that it can't be going in both directions at the same time. Like, if I were your partner, Dan, and I was trying to control your behavior, I would want to do it all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's not a temporary thing. It's not a momentary thing. There's no opportunity for you to control me, right? Uh, In addition to that, you're terrified of me. How are you going to, what are you going to, I will kill you if you try to control me. That's what your belief is. There's no way it's mutual ever. It is never, ever, ever mutual. And that doesn't mean, however, that people who have violence perpetrated against them by their partners don't use violence. Um, a lot of times survivors will use preemptive strikes. 
um, there's often, not, though not always, this period of time before an assault when um, a survivor can sense that something's going to happen just mm-hmm. because of past experience, whatever. And so what they will do often is they'll do something to, prov- to provoke the attack, not cause it. Right. Because they know it, but just make it happen sooner. Like, I worked with a survivor once uh, in my previous life that, previous work, not my previous life, <laughs> in my previous work, who had a, a test the next morning. And her boyfriend had been, um, you know, snapping at her all day and doing all of these kind of behaviors that let her predict that probably what he was going to try to do was assault her at night keep her up all night and make her fail her test or miss her test, which is classic batterer stuff, like destroy them economically or academically so that they're more dependent, right? Mm-hmm. Well, she, at like dinner time, she pushed him and was like, let's just get it over with. Like, I need to take this test and I'm going to take it. You're not going to stop me from doing it. If you're going to beat me up, just do it and get out, you know, right. like... Because she knew his pattern, and once he assaulted her, he would leave because he would be afraid of the police coming, and then she'd be able to get sleep. And so right. it wasn't that she caused it, right? Mm-hmm. But she b- made it happen sooner on purpose, right? You know what I mean? She knew that it was going to happen anyway. Um, but uh, oftentimes they'll also they'll strike back, you know, in a fight. Um, th- that's perfectly. That's not domestic violence. Self-defense is not right. domestic violence. And oftentimes, though, what's sad about that is, um, at least through the police's eyes, what they have, the police have, especially in Washtenaw County, have, um, they can make a warrantless arrest in cases of domestic violence. And what they have to have, they have to either witness the assault or see visible evidence of an assault. Sadly, what the assaults that happen because of um, self-defense, the wounds that are left, are way more visible, way more easy, way more soon, and way more readily. For example, um, if you had kicked me in my ribs, um, and I what I had done to get away from you was scratch you across the face, which injury is going to be visible? Right. And so what ends up happening is survivors get arrested. Right for acting in self-defense. Right. It's a very sticky area, you know, the mandatory right. arrest policies and stuff like that. Um, but still, self-defense, of course, happens, and survivors use force all the time. Um, and what I say is that, that you know, survivors pick whatever works at that moment to right. keep themselves alive. And right. today it's going to be scratching your face. Tomorrow it's going to be running away. Next yeah. week it's going to, you know, there's all these different things and that's what makes them survivors. They've learned how to live yep. in the life that they have. So the difference between same sex and opposite sex um, uh, partners or in, or in domestic violence, um, there's four different, um, I think things that I wanted to kind of, to kind of touch upon is um, one is fewer services. Mm-hmm. Um, two is the increase in isolation. Um, three is protecting um, the community. And four is the heterosexist control. Right. The, talk about like some of the, like with this, like with fewer services, um, it, the, one of the things that says in this article is it, it's to get help, help, you have to come out. You have to kind of say, more or less. I'm in, you know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm a lesbian, I'm a gay man, right. and my partner is beating me. I mean, to be able to get the services. Right. Um, more or less, you do. it, And it's very challenging um, to not do it. You know, you can try um, to not come out, but it will hinder your thing. And one of the things that service providers say is that you're going to get the better services the more honest you are with us. Mm-hmm. Like the more more services we're going to be able to provide. I do want to say, um, we were talking about the differences, but I do want to also stress that there are similarities. And the biggest and most striking one is that the rate of incident is exactly the same. And that needs to be very very clear to everybody that well that's even more scarier because mm-hmm. that means because there's because there's fewer of us right. that it's happening more often right. with us right it is happening more often it's about 20 well yeah it is it's One about 25 to 33 percent yeah. roughly some in there um you know depending on who you believe study wise um of uh gay and lesbian relationships and that doesn't include bi and trans folks we don't know 
you know, we don't have accurate statistics on those kinds of things. Um, but, and it's similar. It's about one in three, one in four, wow. roughly, Which for heterosexual relationships. And I also want to stress that 95 to 97% of domestic violence cases that are prosecuted are perpetrated by men against women. And that remaining 3 to 5% where um, it's, it's, I'm sorry, those are cases where we're certain that the, the assailant is a man and the survivor is a woman. That remaining 3 to 5%, the overwhelming majority of those are cases where men have perpetrated intimate violence against their male partners. And, and lesbian relationships, about 11% of them, there's there's some level of battering um and it's almost non-existent though not not non-existent for straight women to beat their male partners that almost never happens it's like one percent of one percent you know it's very low it's just not it's because of the patriarchy and general misogyny it just doesn't happen as often (coughs) so anyway let's talk about some of these differences seeking services yes seeking services is tantamount to coming out in Ann Arbor, that may not seem like a very scary thing to do, but in but it is because you can lose exactly. everything, especially if you're in the mindset that he's going to kill me um, or right. she's going to kill me. Right. I mean, the, the coming or out. Or I could lose my kids. And I could or lose my job. I could lose my job. I could lose my place to live. I could yep. lose all of these things by coming out. Mostly because even if we, ha- you know, like in Ann Arbor, we have protections for all of those things, except for the kids part. Um, that. The part, the uh, the assailant, the abusive partner, has pretty much convinced them that 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 doesn't apply to you. It doesn't right. matter. Yep. I don't care what the law says. I'm telling you that you're not going to get your kids yep. if you leave me. And I'm also telling you that your boss is going to fire you. I don't care about any non-discrimination policy you have. It doesn't matter. They don't want some you know stupid fag working for them. Right. You know they'll very much say those things. Um, and that is, to some extent, I think that that's just a bigger fear. But I also think that that male, straight male batters use some of the same stuff. Right. They do a lot of gay baiting. Oh, yeah. um, you know, I'll tell your boss you're a lesbian if you leave me. Stuff like that. It's not as big of a threat, obviously, because it's not true. Right. Um, but certainly batters do that stuff. The other difference you mentioned was um, increased isolation. I think that kind of plays into the fewer services. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, especially in more rural areas, will feel like this is the only lesbian. The lesbian I'm living with, the gay man I'm living with, is the only one for miles and miles around. And it's us It's us against the world. Like, mm-hmm. there's no resources for me. Right. Um and that, you know... Yeah, if I want to be intimate with anybody, the, you're it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Or i got to move. Right. Um, protecting the community, you know, not da- airing our dirty laundry. Right. Well, frankly, that's a load of crap. Like, get help. Let's right. talk about this. Let's make it better. Because... We're not going to make it better by not talking about it. But at the same time, I, uh, right, exactly. But not only come from the bad, the um, survivor's perspective, but but even from the community's perspective. I mean, if we're trying to get marriage passed and things, and we but uh, but we have all these statistics about, you know, how battering occurs and things like this, we always right. want to be the golden child. Right. But I I almost think that in some ways, I mean, while I do think that that is a notion that we have, that it almost strengthens our argument that we are. And I don't want to use the word normal, but that things that happen in heterosexual relationships mm-hmm. happen. Our relationships are the same are as your relationship. Right, right. Like that in some way. Good normal, or bad. Right. right. Good or bad. Right. It's the same. In yes, this awful stuff happens. This great stuff happens. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it's actually kind of a, a pro argument, right. even though it's a terrible thing to turn into a pro argument. Right. It's still the same thing. Um and we and kind of already referenced the heterosexual right, control, control. So you, I, I wanted to know, so what do you do if you know someone or you have a feeling that someone you know is is in a, in a relationship that is abusive? Well, you mean... Or in... in I'm sorry. I used the language. That's okay. That I knew what you meant. <laughs> we don't have time to correct you. Um, <laughs> I think that there's a couple of things. If the person that you're concerned about... Um, well, first of all, First and foremost, let the person who you think is being victimized know, I'm here for you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to judge you. But I want you to know that I'm concerned for your safety. And if you ever want to talk about it, I'm here. Mm -hmm. Those things are very, very important to say. Um, 
we really want to shy away from saying things like you got to get out of there and Mm -hmm. leave that person alone because that's not helpful right it just makes you feel more right it makes them feel more whatever like it Mm -hmm. compounds what's going on for them so just saying i'm here for you i'm concerned for your safety i'm not going to judge you no matter what Mm -hmm. whether you leave whether you stay whether you you know turn upside down i'm not going to judge you but i'm here for you it also doesn't recognize the reality of their situation right like that's not a possibility it's easier for me to say get out <laughs> right. than it is for someone to actually right. take those steps um and then also you know if you have the knowledge of some domestic violence services in your community share them with that person and in washington county that's safe house and their number is 995-5444 really easy to remember um i think two nines two fives three fours um Definitely check that out. And you can contact us by calling. Okay, it's gone. Um, <laughs> I thought we were being wound down. And then also, um, if you're friends with someone.